your winner, and still the undisputed WWE Universal Champion, Welcome on this beautiful Saturday afternoon, at least beautiful here in Toronto. It is nice. It is sunny. It feels like it's 20 degrees or something like that. But to be 100% honest, I have not been outside because I have spent the entire morning and afternoon so far watching wrestling. Started off watching New Japan Pro Wrestling, their uh, Battle Autumn show, and then the show that we're going to be talking about on this podcast, WWE Crown Jewel. I'm your host. I'm Boris. And this week this show i am joined by greg feltham how's it going greg? good sir how are you i'm doing pretty good i'm doing pretty good your levels are really off right now i gotta be a little more tranquilo you're killing my ears all right. you're killing all listeners right. ears let let me try that again how are we doing today uh really good really good how are you it's been a while yeah, it's been a while, man. I'm doing well. Um, as uh, as I was telling you a little earlier in our group chat, I started this this PLE set in a hockey rink in the timekeeper's box with my kid and uh, Bluetooth headphones on trying to watch the show. So it's been a bit of a, an afternoon. I've got a primer bit on my smoker and I'm getting ready for a nice supper after this uh, lovely PLE. Awesome. Very nice. Yeah. So like I said, like I've spent the entire morning essentially watching wrestling a uh, couple hours off in the middle just kind of tried to get some sleep but that didn't happen watch some crown jewel after crown jewel actually i'm going to be at that uh charity uh indie show which is just around the corner for my parents so everything is kind of working out uh in a perfect way on this saturday but uh, that should be fun if for some reason you're listening to this before 6 37 p.m 4880 tompkin road battle arts academy awesome awesome ontario super show i'm gonna call it uh so i'll be there later on in the night um but yeah let's just get right into stuff greg this ple you know typically speaking crown jewel has been you know what i always considered non-canon like, let's be honest, right. the first few Saudi shows, were, were they were batshit crazy. They were non-canon. They were just shows that, like, throwaway shows, you know, random matches, uh, matches and, and bringing back retired guys and all that stuff. And, you know, I think that the past two Saudi shows, Elimination Chamber and Crown Jewel, I think these two have not only been in canon, but they've been, okay, like, on the good side Today's Crown Jewel, I would actually say it was a good show. Uh, yeah, I mean, any show from, from Saudi that doesn't feature Bill Goldberg, I'm going to call a great show. Yeah, I, I guess that's a, that's a major thing, right? Like, he wasn't even on the show. Like, we got all matches that made sense, that were part of major storylines, and it moved a lot of things forward. But I think, you know, one of the biggest surprises of the evening, and it... it shouldn't have been but i guess it was was the main event of uh, logan paul and roman reigns we'll get to that in a little bit um but you know if you were to say give this show a thumb up 
or a thumb down? Nothing in the middle. Thumb up or thumb down, what would you give it? I think I'd give this a thumbs up, definitely. Yep, same here. I agree with you. I think that this was a thumbs up show. There was a couple interesting decisions made in terms of booking. Again, we'll discuss that. Uh, but overall, I think the show was really, really strong. Good in-ring. Um, good commentary. Michael Cole was, was I got to say, on point for most of the night. Uh, this unfiltered, I'm really digging this unfiltered Michael Cole. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that we've seen Michael Cole do some of the best work as his career, not even just in the post, um, you know, Vince McMahon era. But I think in even in the last, you know, two, three years during this Roman Reigns run, he's been kind of top of his game. And that was obviously during the, you know, when when Vince McMahon was still yelling in his ear, yep. he, he just knows what he's doing. So, I mean, let him go. This is honestly probably the best Michael Cole has sounded uh, since the original NXT UK tournament back in 2016. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Yep. So. All right. So, you know, it sounds like we're both impressed with the show. So let's just get right into the show. This is WWE Crown Jewel from uh, from Saudi Arabia. Uh, Yeah. Again, uh, impressive setup. You know, love the setup. It always feels like a bigger show. These Even these smaller stadium shows, they just feel larger than life. And that already kind of gets you uh, hyped, for lack of a better term. All right, so the show's... I'm not even going to do the kickoff. The kickoff was a studio show. A lot of pre- uh, pre-taped stuff. Uh, you know, your usual uh, predictions and things like that. I'm just going to skip that. Let's get right to the actual show. So the show opens up with a video package narrated by Titus O'Neil. Yet the pyro, we get the stage. Uh, we see that it's an open air venue. Michael Cole, Wade Barrett checked in on commentary. Uh, Cole introduced uh, the Arabic, Arabic broadcast team. They spoke briefly. Um, and then we get right into the action as Bobby Lashley makes his entrance. We get a video uh, package kind of going through the entire current history between him and Brock Lesnar, who then makes his entrance. First match of the night, Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley. Uh, before the match, Lesnar does his kind of his laps around the ring. Um, you know, and, and this match was essentially what it was promoted to be you know and what we all guessed it was going to be and that's just a big hoss battle a big hoss fight um and that's exactly what we got and it was kind of like you know bobby lashley trying to not only get redemption from the attack before he lost the u.s title but it's also you know everything that happened you know earlier in this year between the two so you know both guys had motivation to win Greg, what do you think of this match? This match was um, interesting, to say the least. I thought that this was... I I really didn't know what they were going to do with this. um, Because, obviously, they're going to want both guys to kind of look strong here. And I think that they were pretty successful in being able to to make sure both guys come out of this looking strong. Um, I, I mean the the attack on on uh, Lesnar's leg and stuff in this at the beginning was a great way to to kind of you know start to tell this story. And I thought that the ending here was actually perfect. I don't think you could have booked it any better. I know you know there were a couple people on the Facebook chat that didn't like this ending, didn't like this match, but I thought this match was really well booked. It was smart and it opens up the door uh, for another match 
and the most important thing here is no one looked weak. No one looked bad. Both guys looked super strong. No one looked dumb. It was kind of like a fluke ending. Uh, so like yep. you said, you know, uh, Lashley rolls Lesnar inside the ring uh, after a couple spears, after being thrown to the stairs. And Lesnar at this point is already selling a knee injury. Uh, Lesnar uh, gets speared through the barricade in front of the timekeeper's area. Back in the ring, Lashley speared Lesnar again. Covered him for a near fall. Um, you know, more back and forth. We start seeing some German suplexes. Uh, Lesnar followed up with two more German suplexes after the initial one. Uh, he, But he, at this point, he's starting to, or continuing to sell his bad knee. Lesnar hoisted up Lashley. He gives him an F5, you know, which easily could have been the end of the match. Uh, but no, that was just a near fall. Lesnar with another uh, F5. Um, Lashley ends up going to the floor He hoists Lesnar up on his shoulders uh, He runs him into the ring post Lashley threw Lesnar back inside the ring Went for another spear But at this point Lesnar cuts him off Goes for an F5 But Lashley slipped away and put Lesnar down With a spine buster The fans did not like this at this point um, Lashley then caught Lesnar In a hurt lock uh, And you know my favorite part In this was when Lesnar was yelling, I don't want to give up, shut up to the referees. Lesnar then drops to one knee, showed signs of life by holding up his right arm. Lesnar powered his way to the corner, then kicked off the turnbuckle, landed on top of Lashley, who held on to the hurt lock, but it was, you know, it's not like he could have just let go. The momentum was so, and the weight was solely on, in, on Lashley in such a way that he couldn't move. Yeah. His, his um, his shoulders were down. Lesnar's on top of him. Referee counts one, two, three. Brock Lesnar over Bobby Lashley in just six minutes. And on a quick flight home. Yep. In and out. That's exactly. the Brock Lesnar style. As it should be, right? So after the match, Lashley acted super surprised and frustrated by the match. Uh, he then puts Lesnar in the hurt lock again. And this is... Like, I really enjoyed this part of the storytelling because Lesnar begins to fade. Lashley then releases the hold, and Lesnar is, like, really selling it. Uh, so I thought this was really well done, you know? This was this was fine. This was good. I enjoyed this, and it keeps the door open for another match between the two. Both guys look strong. I know that this match is going to be a very, dis uh, you know, it, uh, we're going to get a lot of chatter, whether it was good, whether it was bad, but it sounds like both of us really enjoyed this. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was going to ask you, so, and, uh, you know, you kind of mentioned off the top there after, you know, thinking about this match kind of holistically that you could see a a second match or, or I guess a third match for these guys in this kind of series. When do you think they could do something like that? Is this something you hold now to WrestleMania or... What do you, where do you see this kind of going yeah, as, as next step? It would have to be one of the big four, in my opinion, either Royal Rumble or WrestleMania. I would honestly just do it at WrestleMania. Um, you know, this is the type of match that will get a lot of attention. This is the type of match that, you know, Lesnar, uh, you know, if he's not going for a belt, he needs he needs a major program. And I think that this program with Lashley is, is perfect for Lesnar as a part-timer. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Yep. 
All right, Byron Saxton is interviewing Alexa Bliss and Asuka in the backstage area. He asked them how prepared they feel to defend the titles after only holding them for five days. Bliss said they have been preparing for this moment for months, though. Bliss was momentarily distracted by the Bray Wyatt insect logo appearing on the television screen next to her, planting some seeds, possibly. Uh, the duo make their entrance while Colt acknowledged the history between Bliss and Bray Wyatt. What you think of the promo and the whole Alexa Bliss being distracted by Bray Wyatt stuff? Um, I, I liked the promo. I like also Wade Barrett actually added so much to this. Uh, and I think it was more so in the match as opposed to in the promo where he talked about, you know, that first week of holding your championship, you have, you know, extra media availabilities that people want to talk to you and want to get in your, your, you know, reps and stuff, um, early in your, your championship, uh, reign and of course if they only won these titles five days ago then you know on top of traveling and getting ready to go to saudi you have this as well so i mean it there was some good logic and logical sense that was added here the bray wyatt um logo appearing and capturing bliss's attention for that half second forgetting where she was and kind of going back was a great way to continue the build to whatever is going to be and i actually was really expecting something more to happen in that alexa bliss um story uh, as we you know knew that we were getting bray wyatt later in the night um so i i thought it was a great seed plant for either a little bit later in the night or down the road so i thought it was a, a great way to kind of tie it all together yep agreed now you know what well let's put a pin on this we'll talk about this more as we talk about the actual bray wyatt uh segment later on all right so the second match of the evening was oscar and alexa bliss your wwe women's tag team champions versus dakota kai and eo sky and of course the belts were on the line um of note you know they're in saudi arabia so all four women had to kind of wear the covered up uh arms and legs ring gear but i do enjoy that all the women that appeared on this show uh, nikki cross included kind of added a little i don't know what like a little bit of their personality a little bit of their character onto uh their wardrobe this time around um you know alexa bliss kind of wore her colors like i think the most obvious one was asuka it was very asuka like i really enjoyed what they were wearing in the sense of you know it's better than just like just covering them up and you know that's it, it, it i feel like their characters were well represented in the ring gear yeah i i was gonna make a similar comment right it didn't nothing jumped out to me as a oh my god they're they're in saudi and they have to wear the you know ridiculous uh rain gear so i i i guess the biggest compliment you can make is that if you don't notice it then they did an okay job and i consciously you know, after a few minutes kind of noticed it, but I did notice it right away that they were not in kind of what would be a standard gear for them. But it it worked. I mean, the Alexa gear worked, even the the Dakota and, um, um, you know, EO gear all worked. So I, I, I can't say anything more of a compliment than that, I guess. Yep. And this match was what I appreciated about this match as well is that it was actually given a good amount of time like the past two matches the match that they had on raw and today's match was given a good amount of time and i and i would have to say that 
today's match, in my opinion, was probably the best of their series. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would I would agree. I mean, I thought this was a, a really good match for them and um it was it was just pretty fun to see. Yep. All right, so the match starts right off. Um and you know, a lot of back and forth. Uh a little bit after they go back in the ring, they fought outside, they're back in the ring. Uh a sky drop kicked Asuka, who was on top rope, so now she's hung up in a tree of woe. Uh, for a little bit, Kai stri- strikes her. Asuka fell, falls to the floor, sells a knee injury before returning to the ring. Sky targeted the bad knee. The crowd starts chanting, let's go, Asuka. Asuka is just super, super popular at this point. Like, even during yesterday's press conference, you got a, Asuka, like, a, a flat-out loud Asuka uh, chant during the press conference. Anyways, so Asuka was being the one being isolated. They cut off the ring. Uh, you know, Alexa Bliss is waiting to come in. Uh, Bliss eventually did get the hot tag. The crowd went crazy. And Greg, I have to say, Alexa Bliss, in my opinion, was the MVP of this match. She looked amazing in the ring. Yeah, absolutely. Alexa, Alexa always goes a little bit extra hard in in these kind of big events. And she really went there today. I loved I loved her work. Yep, she hits a double drop kick on Kai and Sky while they were on their knees. She then spikes Kai with a tornado DDT. He, she covers her, but Sky runs in and broke up the pin. Sky drags Kai to her corner, tags herself in. I always love that little that little touch, right? Like, okay, my my partner is knocked out, so I'm gonna drag them over to our corner so I can get in the match. Um, Bliss then does a beautiful code red on Sky for another near fall. Uh, Bliss then goes on top for her finisher, but she was cut off by Sky. Kai joins Sky on the ropes, and they set up for a double suplex. Asuka runs in, snuck underneath everyone to perform a Tower of Doom spot with all four women. Crowd goes nuts. Asuka officially tags in, hits Kai with a missile drop kick. Um, Asuka follows up with a series of strikes and a code breaker. Kai avoided a hip attack, but Asuka uh, suplexed her. Bridges her for a two count. Asuka tags out, then drops Kai with a kick. Bliss went up top briefly. She was distracted by Kai on the apron. Uh, Bliss then goes for another twisted Bliss, but Kai put her knees up. That brief distraction was enough time for Kai to get her knees up. Now we're getting closer to the end of the match. Asuka takes out Sky with a knee lift on the floor. Back in the ring, Bliss puts Kai down with a beautiful looking DDT, a spike DDT. Bliss went up top for her finisher yet again. Asuka and Sky fought the way back in the ring. While the referee was focused on clearing everyone from the ring, Nikki Cross comes out of the uh, crowd, attacks Bliss, uh, throws her in t- onto the ring. This leads to Alexa Bliss being pinned in 12 minutes, 50 seconds. Your winners and champions yet again, Dakota Kai, Io Sky, Damage Control. Greg. What's going on with the, the hot, with the hot shotting of the belts? Does that bother you? It does. Uh, myself and Brad on the Smack Daddy's podcast last night were talking about this, and we weren't sure how this was kind of going. Brad uh, was leaning towards, you know, the uh, Dakota and um, and EO picking this up. And I kind of thought, no, it's way too early. They're going to leave this here kind of on Alexa and Asuka. Was not expecting this to kind of happen. And I, I, I'll i be honest with you. 
I don't think it needed this ending, the Nikki cross out of nowhere. Um, I, I don't... I don't know what story they're going to tell. So for now, I'll give it the benefit of the doubt. But kind of my gut when I saw this live, number one, it looked extremely awkward. Nikki Cross, it, I don't know if it was just me, but it, it just seemed like kind of things were fumbled a little bit there. Um, I, I, I just wasn't a huge fan of this. So I don't know. I'll wait. I'll see. Maybe Survivor Series will tell me more. Yep. Now, let's take a look back. On Raw, if you remember right before the tag team title match, uh, Damage Control, and specifically Bailey was talking with Nikki Cross. Uh, so it seemed like a deal was being made. Nothing happened on that night. So Nikki Cross comes out, gets the belts back for Damage Control. So the logical step at this point is for Nikki Cross to help all of Damage Control win belts. As you're gonna see in a little bit, that's not exactly what happens. But we'll talk about no. that in a little bit because it's kind of like you plant these seeds, you don't go for, and you don't actually execute. You don't pull the trigger. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, an SUV is shown arriving at the venue. Logan Paul, Jake Paul, and the entourage exit the vehicle. Uh, Saxton asked Logan who he was, how he was feeling. Uh, Logan said he was feeling great and feeling like he was about to shock the world. He said it only takes one lucky punch. We then get a video package recapping Drew McIntyre and Karrion Cross's feud. Anything to add? I I'm so sick of the Drew McIntyre Karrion Cross feud that this is when I'm just like, oh god, this really. This, this, to me, is probably the low point of the show for me. Yeah, I actually forgot about this match. Honestly, <laughs> I completely forgot about this match. And it just goes to show you, right? Like, Which kind of sucks because, like, Karrion Cross, he's not the best in-ring, but they're just not giving him a lot of time, and they're not really giving him much to do outside of beating up Drew McIntyre here and there. Um, so, you know, hopefully this is the end of this feud. I'm not sure, though. I'm really not sure, but hopefully this is the end of it. Anyways, third match, steel cage match, Drew McIntyre, Karrion Cross. I don't know. The logic in this match was weird. I know what they were going for in the end. You know, the whole story was they're in the steel cage, and Drew McIntyre wanted this steel cage match to keep Scarlett out of the match. You know that's not going to happen. You know she got involved. But, you know, she essentially cost... Carrying cross the match, which is fine, but then what? Like now, now you make carrying cross kind of look like an idiot. Yeah, absolutely, you do. Um, yeah, I, I, when this started, as you could just you know so eloquently said, this was designed to keep her out and keep her not involved, and you knew that hey, it's a big door; it opens and closes. Like, of course, she can still get involved. I mean. The other way that you would be able to get her from not being involved is do, I don't know, like what, one of those shark cage matches or something where she's suspended above the ring uh, or something. Maybe that's what's happening next. I wouldn't be surprised that's, if that's the next logical step at this point because Karrion Cross now has a, has a real legitimate argument saying, no, you didn't beat me fair and square. You have to beat me fair and square. And the only way that that's going to happen is if Scarlet is just not at all part of the match but even then you can still kind of do a cop out in that match as we always see in these shark cage matches right right yeah. so we'll see anyways 
this match was very typical steel cage. Just two big guys going at it, punching each other, throwing each other around. Um, couple of cool spots at one point. Um, Drew McIntyre was in a tree of woe uh, position. Karen Cross is over him on the turnbuckle on the middle rope, uh, kind of yelling, taunting him. Drew McIntyre uses his midsection strength, uh, pulls himself up. Does a German release suplex on Karrion Cross? That was probably the highlight of the match, to be 100% honest. Uh, so, you know, let's let's just jump to the end of the match. Uh, so, McIntyre comes back with a big kick in the ring. Um, this is when Scarlett closes the cage door, locks it, taunts McIntyre by holding up the key. McIntyre tries to go over the top of the cage. Scarlett quickly notices, oh shit, Drew McIntyre is going to win this match. She fumbles a little bit, unlocks the cage door. Cross slowly crawls toward the door, but McIntyre drops to the floor at ringside to win the match. In 13 minutes, Drew McIntyre beats Karrion Cross. And I mean, maybe this would have been better, Boris, if it was it's just a juxtaposition on it. Right. Like maybe Drew is climbing out over and she can slam the the door into Drew McIntyre or something to prevent him from going down or knock him back into the ring because she's opened the door now or something. But this didn't this was definitely the low point of the show for me. Yeah, and the thing here's the thing is also right. Like we're so used to seeing such violent cage matches that this wasn't your typical gritty cage match, right? Um, so I hate to say it, we're kind of bloodthirsty in that sense, right? So because it wasn't your typical cage match, I think that it was really kind of like a little lower in terms of quality. But you know, it wasn't a bad match. The ending was a little convoluted. It was smart, but still convoluted. It made Karrion Cross and Scarlet look really stupid. Um, so that, you know, a couple points off of that. But overall, whatever, you know, and we'll see if the feud continues. I'm hoping that they at the very least take a break. Uh, but we'll see what happens. Bloodthirsty in Saudi Arabia. All right. Yep, exactly. Hold on, give me one sec. We might be disconnected. If so, just I'll restart the call. Okay. Yeah, well, I, it is what it is. All right. An SUV, an, another SUV arrives outside of the venue. This time it's Roman Reigns, Paul Heyman, J Jimmy Uso, Jay Uso, and Solo Sokoa. Uh, Saxton asks Reigns if he had any response to Logan Paul saying it only takes one lucky punch. Reigns just walks away, completely ignores the stupidity of that question. Uh, Sokoa glares at Saxton, then shoves the mic away. Heyman mocks the one lucky punch talk. Uh, Heyman said that Reigns is the best defensive wrestler in history, meaning Paul will never hit that one lucky punch. All right, fourth match. The Judgment Day, Finn Balor, Dominic Mysterio, and Damian Priest with Rhea Ripley versus the OCs, AJ Styles, Luke Gallows, and Carl Anderson. So, yeah, this was um, this match here kind of surprised the hell out of me. I um, I expected, as I kind of said last night on our, our Smack Daddy's podcast, we would get some sort of additional 
involvement in this match. I thought this was probably the opportunity where we would either get Edge and Beth Phoenix out here with the play with Rhea Ripley at ringside or something. Uh, you know, rumors were circulating online that maybe Mia Yim was coming back and she could get involved here with the OC. Um, but I, I was kind of surprised that this just kind of played out as it did. Yeah. I you know it's it's interesting that you say the whole Edge and Beth Phoenix thing because they didn't point out uh, Cole makes a huge point of saying Rip uh, Rhea Ripley's hairstyle uh, and said that Ripley told him that she was paying homage to and I quote the late great Beth Phoenix obviously mocking the fact that she took her out at Extreme Rules with the chair shot uh, so it was kind of like you know the the a very obvious return at that point but they didn't pull the trigger and and in a, in a in a sense I'm kind of happy for that because you know all through the summer basically until September ish when certain things happen uh that judgment day was kind of like you know a laughing stock they were kind of turning into retribution night uh yeah. you know now they're just picking up wins left right and center which is good they're a dominant faction which is fine i'm okay with that uh you know get a dominant faction in there and i'm fine with that being judgment day uh, you know, as you see, even in this match, yeah, they won, but there was a little uh, a tomfoolery involved. So, you know, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I just, you know, I'll, I'll let you do the recap of the match, but I, I don't know what's next for both these teams. And that's kind of after this match is over, I just don't know where Triple H and WWE are going to well, kind of go with this. I think they're still going to be feuding. Look, they made this whole point of, um, you know, of Luke Gallows talking about bringing someone in to go against Rhea Ripley. So unless, you know, you're pulling a classic WWE at this point and forgetting about that throwaway line, or you're actually going to follow up with it and this feud is going to continue. And seeing how this match ended, I can see the feud continuing. I, I could see that as well. I just, if you were going to bring someone in, this is now, I know you have, you know, your four, your Survivor Series and all that stuff. And this would have been the point to introduce them at the end of this match. So you have a reason to go on to Survivor Series, in my mind anyway. Um, having it so that it's it's now, you know, Judgment Day coming out on top and, and the OC, um, you know, seeing a, a loss here doesn't really entice me going forward for Survivor Series and, and some yeah, sort of whatever intergender thing they're going to do Like the, you know, the, the heels won this round, right? You, uh, as a wrestling fan, typically speaking, you want to see the like, heels get the comeuppance. So that's essentially what, could possibly happen right yeah I, I like i said i'm just thinking that this is now one of their big shows right this is the one that they're getting the most money on so this would have been in my mind the point to bring in that person um i don't know it, it, I, I i know where you're going with that and i agree like just timing wise right there's only literally three weeks to the day until survivor series are you going to use raw as uh, as that point to kind of uh pull the trigger on that right like that that's a hard that's a hard choice anyways you know we'll see what happens on raw but i don't think that this is done just yet uh so you know this match was okay all six guys worked really well interestingly enough 
Carl Anderson, or sorry, Michael Cole did mention IWGP. He did mention New Japan. He did mention Bullet Club. Um, so you know, there's that, right? Yeah. Did you, did you ever expect, you know, the never open weight uh, championship to be mentioned no. on WWE Not TV? At Not at all. Not at all. Um, so, yeah, uh, you know, the typical match between everyone in this in this uh, in this match out of the six guys. Right. Like, I think this match was really good, really well done. Uh, you know, Damian Priest kind of dominated and kind of held held it for judgment day i think that uh you know carl anderson luke gallows and aj styles did a good job between the three of them uh all six guys have good chemistry and i'm gonna even include dominic honestly ever since dominic went heel i feel like some of the pressure has been put off of him now that he can kind of do his own thing and he's not constantly with his dad uh so he's kind of been able to kind of do what he wants a little more yeah, no, I, I I don't disagree with that statement at all. Um, I, I think you're right. I think that some of the spotlight is now being shared between the rest of the members of Judgment Day, and he's able to hide a little bit more in the in the shadows there. Yep. All right. So Gallows puts Dominic down. Priest uh, took out Gallows. Styles takes out Priest. Balor puts Styles down with an inverted DDT for a two count. Balor um, went up for his finisher, the coup de grace, but Styles cut him off. Styles then sets up for a super kick. Dom grabs Styles' legs to stop it, uh, but he was then taken out. There was a big spot where Gallows had Dom in an electric chair position, while Priest had Anderson in the same position. They fall to the mat at the same time that Styles superplex Balor. Just that visual was kind of cool. Um, Styles set up for a phenom- uh, phenomenal forearm, but Rhea Ripley pulls him off the apron, drops him face first onto the apron. Uh, Michael Cole with in my line of the night, somebody's got to kick her ass. Um, uh, and then Balor hits the coup de grace on Styles pins them and that is how they won the match yeah yep um so i guess now we wait for survivor series and see what we're gonna see there so i i kind of actually had forgotten for a half a second that that's what the next thing is and we've got survivor series war games coming up so i don't know maybe maybe this intergender you know um judgment day versus the oc um, is going to be one of those type matches. So right. I don't know. We'll Doubt see. it. Just for the simple fact that in 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 a gauntlet, or not in a gauntlet, but a tornado-style match like that to mix in a woman in there, I doubt they're going to do that in a War Games match, maybe in a traditional Survivor Series elimination match. But even then, right? Like, Yeah, it, yeah. it's weird. No, you're absolutely right. It's weird. No, Just you're right. Just because of the intergender rules. Yeah, but yeah, overall, this match... I enjoyed this match, and and like you say, the doors open for it to continue, and the doors also, uh, you know, open for it to end. So we can we'll see what happens. That seems to be the tr- the theme of this show. If we take a look at this card already, right? Lashley and Lesnar can continue. Doesn't necessarily have to. Probably should though. Um, you know, damage control. Uh, Asuka and Alexa Bliss. Will it continue? Time will tell. Um, you know, uh, even the Drew McIntyre, Kerry and Cross can end, can continue. This feud can end, can continue. Seems to be a lot of like looming uh, programs right now. 
yeah now now we have to wait and see what survivor series is going to bring to us and like you said it's a very quick three-week turnaround so the setup's going to have to be done pretty fast yep which means that like monday show could be absolutely bonkers it could all right cole sets up a video package on the build-up to braun Strowman versus omos we also see a tale of the tape graphic which compares the two monsters and giants and I have to honestly say, this was the match that I was looking to the least. And at the end of the day, I'm not saying that it was the best match, but it was the match that surprised me the most. And I got to say that it was actually the probably one of the better giant on giant matches that I've seen in a while. Yeah, I would 100% agree with that. It, um, I, I kind of had a similar expectation, like this was going to be kind of the bathroom match. This is the freak show match the spectacle and it turned out not as not that bad all things considered it was uh, you know boring from our our friend joe aguinaldo this was serviceable yep exactly i thought this was fine like this is probably the best use of monsters of giants this is a good way of making everyone you know again not look bad Omas didn't look bad in defeat because Omas essentially controlled the entire match. No matter what Braun Strowman tried to do, Omas had a counter to it, and he essentially just used his height, his weight, and his power to counter everything that Braun Strowman had. So it was Braun Strowman kind of, you know, playing the underdog, which is crazy to even fathom that he he can play the underdog role. But he did it well, and Omas just looked dominating. He looked really good in that dominating sense. So I really enjoyed this match a lot. Uh, okay, a lot. A little crazy. I really enjoyed this match is what I should say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You may, may have uh, tipped the scale a little bit there at yeah. the end. But yeah. Exactly. So like I said. Everything that Strowman tried to do, Omos had a counter, even the whole, um, you know, the, the the body check on the outside of the ring, uh, that was even countered, uh, and, and that was your story. Strowman goes to the outside of the ring, he charged Omos, who knocks him down, Omos rolls Strowman back inside the ring, uh, he followed him back in there, Omos then barked that he's the giant. Omos went for his uh, tree slam finisher, but Strowman powered Omos's hands free. Omos then threw a knee into Strowman's gut. Uh, Omos charged Strowman in the corner, but Strowman moved. He then used Omos's momentum to scoop him up, power slammed him for the three count in seven minutes, 20 seconds. Yeah, uh, probably the, the perfect amount of time for this match. Not yep. too short, not too long. Exactly. Exactly. Good enough match. Let's not put these two in the ring together anytime soon. You know, I, I literally I was just saying that this show left the door open for a lot of feuds to continue. This is one feud I want done right now. Absolutely. All right. Entrances for the tag team title match take place. In between the entrances, um, they recap that Jay Uso is working over uh, uh, Sheamus with a chair shot on the couple weeks ago smackdowns cole then noted that jay had his arm in a sleeve and his wrist was heavily taped cole said that jay told him earlier in the day that he believes he suffered a broken wrist on the european tour which is where they've been all week cole said jay would have an mri on monday but he told him that he will defend the tag titles against new day on smackdown on friday yeah 
And I I hope that that match on Friday gets forty five minutes. I you know I'd be happy if that match ran a whole hour on Friday night. That uh, the the tag team match that we're going to get. But we should review this one first before we talk about Friday. Exactly. All right. So. Jimmy Uso and Jey Uso versus Ridge Holland and Butch for the undisputed WWE Tag Team titles. Uh, one of the things that I need to call out here is Ridge Holland, you know, probably one of the worst performers during the time that he was in NXT. You know, he was Von Wagner levels of crap, uh, you know, and yeah, he's had his mistakes. You know, he, he did injure Biggie. I'm not going to not say that he did didn't do that. Right. There was that. Right. Accidents happen. Let's remember that. But all in all, Ridge Holland has improved greatly in his time on the main roster. And, you know, he's, yeah, he's facing the Usos. They're great. They can, you know, have a great match against Mops. But I think that overall, Ridge Holland, uh, he kept his end of, of, of you know, of, of the deal in this match. Yeah, absolutely. It was... Um you know, it, it was a, a match that, I'll be honest with you, and when we get to it a little bit further, I'll even point it out, but I, I bid on this match, and I thought, as we watched this match, that there was a possibility here of the Brutes pulling it off. So, you know, if you can do that to a jaded old wrestling fan, then I think that you've done an okay job in this match. Yep, exactly. All right, so this match had a lot of back and forth, right? Like, this is a typical 50-50 tag team match, um, you know, where the heels isolate one of the faces, uh, and both Butch and Ridge Holland kind of had their chance to get a hot tag in this match. At one point, Holland goes to the floor, and he hits Jay with a shoulder block. Jimmy went for a suicide dive, but Holland hit him. Holland held Jimmy's arm over the ring steps, and then Butch stomped it. So again, working his injured arm. And that was essentially the story throughout this match. Holland told Jimmy that's what he gets for Sheamus. Back inside the ring, Holland gets a two count on Jay. Butch tags in, did a, a head fake on the ropes that caused Jay to throw a super kick. Butch followed it up with a dive onto Jay for a very close fall. Um, Butch and Holland set up for a double T move on Jay that Jimmy broke up. The Usos threw super kicks. They eventually cleared Holland from the ring. Jimmy tagged in and went for a top rope dive, but Butch caught him in, in a hold on the way down and then targeted Jimmy's fingers. Jay made a blind tag, though. Jimmy powered up Butch, and then Jay threw a kick at him. Uh, the Usos hit simultaneous splashes on Butch, and Jay had him beat, but Holland returned to break up the pin. The crowd really started yelling Us a lot at this point. Jay asked Butch if he heard that. Butch grabbed Jay's bad hand, and he did the finger break spot before tagging out. Holland cleared Jimmy from the ring and then performed white noise on Jay for a very, very close fall. And, I, you know, at that point, doing a white noise, it just would have been a perfect way to end the match but that wasn't the case for this match holland and butch ran jimmy into the barricade at ringside they returned to the ring and then butch tags right back in holland held up jay and then butch kicked him butch covers jay but jimmy returns to break up the pin we get a this is awesome chant going to the end of the match butch caught jay with a kick but jimmy made a blind tag butch then uh, hit the ropes Jay hit him with a super kick and then joined him on the ropes. Jay grabbed a butch, lured him into a 1D from Jimmy 
which was essentially a top rope 1D uh, from a electric chair position. Uh, Jimmy covered Butch and got the three count in 10 minutes, 45 seconds to retain the undisputed WWE tag team titles. Yeah, and it was during that white noise spot that um, that Butch had, I don't remember which Uso, on, on the kind of on the apron in a, you know, manipulation spot too, so he couldn't come back to break up the pin, right? Um, yes. Of note, also, so there were times where Jay did put some weight on his uh, arm and his wrist, and he wasn't wincing. He, you know, I'm I'm not saying it's it's a work. I'm sure it's legit, uh, but it, you know, it's probably not as bad as we all think it could be, or it is for the simple fact that hey, if he's putting pressure on it and not like you know thriving in pain, then it's hopefully not as bad as anyone thinks it is. Hopefully. Yep. All right. So for me, this next match was the match of the night. And that was for the Raw Women's Championship. It was Bianca Belair versus Bailey in a last woman standing match. Greg, what you think of this match? I'm not a huge fan of Bianca Belair. And I really didn't know what I was going to think about this match. I really... Um... <sighs> I just I didn't know what we were going to see. I'm also typically not a huge fan of these last man standing or last person standing matches because it usually ends up being so gimmick heavy. And how do we find a way to pile stuff on top of one opponent and keep them down and and, you know, have that kind of as our finish? So I, I think that maybe we've just seen so many of these in the last few years that I've just, you know, grown too cynical when it comes to these uh, type of matches. Um, but, I, I, you know, I was kind of rooting for Bailey here to be able to pull it out. And, um, you know, we, we got a pretty good match. We had some surprising spots in this um, that I wasn't expecting. So, I mean, at least kudos to that. Yeah, exactly. That's all you can ask for. If you were entertained and you're skeptical and you don't like these type of matches anymore, then obviously they did their job if you, you know, appreciated uh, the match. Um, so, you know, this match was a little bit on the longer side. It went 20 minutes, 20 seconds. There were a lot of spots. Like you mentioned, there are, you know, in these last people standing matches, they always try to find clever ways to keep the person down. Um, in this match, we saw Bailey use a box uh, to keep Bianca Belair down. There were golf carts. There were uh, nasty table spots. There was a lot going on in this match. There was obviously kendo sticks. There was your typical wrestling spots. Um, this match had it all. But you know what it didn't have, Greg? <laughs> what didn't it have? Nikki Cross. So That's let's talk about this right fair. now. Let's talk All about right. this right now. Nikki Cross makes a deal of sorts, apparently on Raw. Doesn't do anything on Raw. Damage Control loses the belts on Raw. The tag team belts that are that is o opening match. Damage Control regains the tag team women the women's tag team belts after Nikki Cross helps out. Logical thinking at this point is that Nikki Cross is going to help Bailey uh, out and all of Damage Control is going to have a belt. What the hell happened? Damage Control, no sign of Dakota Kai, no sign nope. of Eos Sky, no sign nope. of Nikki Cross. 
This is a no DQ match. What's going on? This that right there is my issue with these matches sometimes. Yeah, this doesn't make sense. And here's the other thing that doesn't make sense this match. And, and you know, I'll go back to what you said a few moments ago about the spot that we'll get to and talk about, but the box spot. There's locks on the damn box, right? She could have sealed that lid, locked it down, and that was it. Beyonce yeah, but- can't get out of there. Okay, so th- I'm all right with them not doing that for the simple fact that we've seen how uh, handcuffs and locks can screw up these matches, right? Also, yeah. Uh, logic is okay. I just literally thought of this. I'm not, you know, no one's gonna have the key just out there, or I guess you know they do have the tags or whatever. But like the 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 whatever uh, you would call them. But you know, it's yeah, whatever. I'm fine They're with set that. On the just, damn thing. Yeah. Well, still, right? I guess. <sighs> so that was that. All right. Yeah. Um, a lot of kendo stick shots. Like I said, we saw the box. Uh, let's let's see what else what else happened in this match. What else happened in this match? There was the the chair spots all in the ring. I, yeah. <laughs> at one point, I thought they were going to break off the uh, one of the uh, supports of the chair and stick it in the mouth all of Roman Reigns in a kind of paying homage to that spot, but they didn't. Yeah. All right. So, like we said, they found the production box. Do we wield it on? T- uh, Bailey wheels it into Bel Air. She falls inside of it. Referee counts. Bailey went over to the crate, hit her hands on top of it. Uh, Bel Air sprung up like a jack in the box. Bailey put Bel Air in a crossface on the stage and told her to give up. Bailey released the hold and stand and stood up. The referee does his count. Uh, Bel Air got your feet bailey re-emerged behind the wheel of a golf cart cole called it a dwi a driving while insane which kind of made me laugh again unfiltered cole he's such a like he's so funny in a not funny way yeah is that something you really want to be joking on a show with the usos on it or anytime yeah anyways so the golf cart stuff was a little awkward you know, you obviously want to be careful, um, but this was a little awkward. Belair awkwardly steps aside while Bailey hit the brakes. Bailey ends up climbing on top of the golf cart. Uh, Belair tripped Bailey and then joined her on top of the golf cart. Uh, they start uh, and, and starts punching Bailey. Belair drops down, gets behind the wheel, drives the golf cart down the ramp with Bailey on top of it. Once Belair stopped, Bailey grabbed uh, Belair's braid. Belair pulled Bailey off the top of the cart using her braid and tried to put her through the table, but Bailey completely overshot it and didn't hit enough of it to break. Belair grabbed Bailey and power bombed her through the table at this point. Um, back in the ring, Bailey grabs a. Uh, they start throwing all the chairs inside of the ring. They stack them up. Belair placed a chair over Bailey and then went up for a 450 splash. But Bailey rolls out of the way, uh, and Belair just lands on the chair. Bailey then grabs a chair, worked over Belair a little bit. Bailey set up the chair in the ring and slammed Belair's head on top of it. Belair blocked Bailey's second attempt and then performed a KOD onto the chair. Bailey moved the chair slightly while in the air, and her knee landed on top of it, causing a slight injury to her knee. Belair placed Bailey inside the open ladder that was lying on the mat from a, from a lot earlier. Belair wedged the chair 
under the bottom rope, and this caused Bailey not able to escape. She was trapped under the ropes on the ladder, and that is how Bianca Belair won the match in 20 minutes, 20 seconds. Yeah. Yep. Mm. We've got this one all all said and done here. Um, yep. Yeah. Again, doesn't make didn't make a lot of sense with no Nikki Cross, uh, no uh, of her partners in damage control. Um, I don't know why that they didn't involve uh, either of those uh, you know performers in this ending or in this match. But um, here we are now, kind of with uh, more questions than answers. Yep. All right. More questions than answers is exactly how I would explain and describe the next segment, which was Bray Wyatt. All right, Bray Wyatt makes his entrance through his door on stage. Uh, Wyatt had his lantern, did the usual stuff. We get the welcome back chant. Wyatt said he comes from a very prestigious wrestling family. He said some might say that it was even larger than life. He said he wanted to be great since he was a young child. He said he wasn't great. He, he said great wasn't enough. He wanted to be greater than all of them. Wyatt said he did what he thought he needed to do. He said he gave in. He said he made a monster of himself, and it didn't take him long to figure out that he was no longer afraid and no longer felt pain when he was wearing his mask. He said some might say the sensations felt good. He said he found himself in a kingdom of nothingness. He said being the monster destroyed him and ran off everyone. He said he was alone and nowhere to run. We heard a we love you chant breaking out from the crowd Wyatt said the thing is that no one loves him he said people love the idea of him and the things he's capable of he's then said I don't even love me he then added it doesn't have to be the ending of his story Wyatt said that's not the man he wants to be remembered as my name is Bray Wyatt he said three times he said he wants to rewrite the ending to his own story this is when a video played on the Tron. Uncle Howdy asked why wear a mask. He said it must hurt forcing yourself to be someone you're not. Howdy said he can't fool him and question who knows Wyatt better than he does. Howdy said Wyatt will give him will give in, and when he does, he wants him to remember how good it feels. He said that if you were worried about the aftermath, hurt them. Just don't take the mask off, Howdy said. Tell me I'm wrong, he said. And then the screen goes dark. So, much of the same stuff. What? Do you, what? Do you, what's your take on the whole Bray Wyatt stuff right now? Where do you stand? I'm just waiting. I'm waiting for next level and what we're going to get next out of this because we've seen the same sort of, you know, promo, the same sort of Bray kind of talking and and setting things up, but we haven't seen a progression in the character of what we're going to get. We haven't seen a progression in Uncle Howdy. Um, you know, this Wyatt Six thing, are, are we going to see additional characters? We saw, obviously, the little tease with Alexa earlier in the night. Um, you know, do we see someone like a Bo Dallas coming back? Is Bo Dallas in the Uncle Howdy gear? I, I, I don't know. Um, so I guess we're just kind of waiting to see when do they incorporate the next phase of Bray. Yep, exactly. All right. And with that said, it's time for the main event, man. It's We get the entrances. Logan Paul comes out alone. Roman Reigns comes out with just Paul Heyman. Um, 
Cole is really playing up the one lucky punch theme. Cole then said that Roman hasn't been pinned since December 15th, 2019. December wow. 15th, 2019. Crazy. Yep. Uh, we're at 797 days as Roman as champion. Uh, so this leads us into the main event. After the introductions, Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman versus Logan Paul for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. This match was good. I have to say it. Yeah. This match was good. It was, you know, about three quarters into the match, it got a little off the rails. You know, it was a very Triple H W or sorry, Triple H NXT esque overbooking, but. It was a smart way to get rid of all the other characters in this match, uh, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, you know, and and it was fine. You know, Logan Paul, yeah. he got to give him credit. That man puts the work in. And, you know, if I was in the back watching this match, I would say, holy shit. Because considering the limited training that he's had, the limited time that he's had in the ring, uh, the limited... Everything. He looks damn good. And and he's got no business to be that good. That's the, the bad thing or, or the good thing here, I guess. Um, so, yeah. And the thing is, though, we saw Jake Paul in this match. He looked nothing like Logan Paul. Logan Paul is obviously the more talented wrestler of the two. And, you know, it, it just goes to show you how much work he has put in. Yeah, Jake Paul after the event tweeted, so proud of my brother at Logan Paul. What an iconic event at WWE. I tried my best, but we're coming back for those pussies. <laughs> oh, my God. It's spelling it P-U-C-E-Y apostrophe S. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. This makes me wonder, you know, if we're going to see a Usos versus the Paul brothers sooner rather than later. Possibly. I mean, do you hold that for Royal Rumble, though? Mm, that's a very good question. All right, so that is that. Let's jump into this match. A very surprisingly good match. But at the same time, I don't know why we're surprised. We knew that Logan Paul is good. Roman Reigns is good. Put them both together, and they were going to have this type of match. All right, Greg. This was a longer match. So I'm going to ask you, is there anything that stood out for you in this match? So the the thing that stood out for me the most in this match was actually something that we didn't see on the PLE. You actually had to go and find it out on Twitter or Instagram or something afterward. But there's a spot in this match where Logan Paul has Roman Reigns outside on a table and Logan Paul gets to the top rope while holding his phone, selfieing him going through the table with Roman Reigns on the table. And that is different, something I've never seen before. Just watching the camera view, looking down on, you know, the Roman Reigns on the table is just entirely a different perspective as me as a fan getting to see kind of from a normal standard Kevin Dunn wrestling shot so this is fantastic and I absolutely loved it yep yep that's very cool uh you know and at that point I'm like man Logan Paul is a better Miz than Miz himself <laughs> fair right like Logan Paul just he he's got something I hate myself for admitting this but like he's got something special 
You can't deny it. Think what you want of the human being. But as a professional wrestling and entertainer, he's got something. And he's got to deal with WWE for, what, a few shows a year? Yep, something like that, right? So, so yeah. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see exactly how much more he does. But like, I'm impressed. Color me impressed. Now, the other thing. So the early, like, before that poor part of the match, you know, the the, 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 the selfie through the table, um, the story was essentially, especially in the beginning, Roman Reigns kind of joking around thinking what the hell is this you know um and then little by little logan paul was kind of getting some moves in and he saw roman's attitude changing from you know this is a joke of a match i'm gonna kick the shit out of this guy too all right i gotta take him serious to this guy's pissing me off to you know i'm upping my gear and you're kind of seeing this throughout the match but the early part was just really Roman Reigns taunting Logan Paul and Logan Paul getting some lucky spots in, um, you know, and, and even the commentators were kind of adding that that to that story that, oh, he's Logan Paul is lucky. All it takes is one punch. But as the match went on, you saw that, like, you know, Logan Paul, even he was getting more moves in. He was doing more wrestling moves. You know, we saw some cool firemen carry. We saw some cool German suplexes. Dude even did a buckshot lariat. He even did cowboy shit in this match. I, who thought that you were going to be able to say at a premium live event that we saw cowboy shit? Yep. You know, at one point, Logan comes back with a gut wrench suplex, and then he hits a top rope blockbuster. Looked absolutely amazing. Right after that top rope blockbuster, Barrett says that Logan Paul is the best three-match wrestler he's ever seen. So again, putting respect on Logan Paul, like now they're treating him and calling him a wrestler, which is really well done, right? Like, you know, Logan then drops Reigns with a Superman punch of his own. That was the one lucky punch. Logan stayed down for a moment, then he kipped up. Logan went to the top rope and he does a crossbody block, um, you know, and Heyman uh, throughout this time is acting just wonderfully like he's scared shitless he is nervous at this point um you know but the whole is this guy a real wrestler story continued because after a close fall uh logan paul is questioning the referee cole takes offense to this um you know uh logan sidesteps a superman punch Hits Reigns with a shot to the kidney. Logan hits Reigns with a punch of his own. Reigns was woozy when he got back to his feet. He then hits Reigns with another Superman punch and covered him for a very close two-fall. Reigns is flexing his jaw at this point. Um, You know, Logan uh, followed Reigns to the floor. He then cleared the Arabic broadcast table. He took a swig from a drink from one of his entourage buddies who was in the crowd. Uh, he then takes a cell phone, and as Greg already mentioned, uh, you know, he climbs to the top rope, holds the phone as he uh, does this, and he performs a beautiful frog splash. I think it was Blaine who said he does a better frog splash than either Mysterio. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was. Eh. Just seeing it, as I said there a few moments ago, seeing it from the point of view of him holding the cell phone. Yeah, I've never seen anything like that before. And it was great. 
Yeah, it was, it was I, I, something. The only thing I wish that they had is WWE would have able to give us that footage mid-match and not have to wait till afterward. But, I mean, you know, it, it, that's me nitpicking. That's, yeah, that's that's nitpicking to an extreme, I think. But uh, I do see your point. But, uh, you know, it's just from a technical point of view, that would have been super hard to do. Um, this is kind of when the match goes a little uh, overbooked, in my opinion. Because right after the table spot, Jay and Jimmy run out. They check on Reigns. They then pulled uh, Logan's buddies over the barricade. They beat them up in the ring. Um, you know, they super kick them. That's when Jake Paul makes his entrance. He enters the ring with the Usos. Jake took on he took out both Usos with bad looking punches. Jake played to the crowd and yelled, Let's go. Meanwhile, Logan throws Reigns back into the ring. Jake told Logan to finish it. Logan does a top rope frog splash, another beautiful looking frog splash. Uh, this was a super close near fall. Both men are down at this point. This is when Solo Sokoa's entrance music plays. He heads to the ring with a with the, his towel. Uh, Jake stood at the bottom of the ramp and struck a fighter pose, but Adam Pierce and all the producers and referees and security run out. They keep Solo Sokoa and Jake Paul apart. The Usos approach Jake from behind. Logan performed a big dive from the ring onto everyone on the outside. Logan returns to the ring. He was blasted by a Superman punch, followed up by a spear. And that is how Roman Reigns won in 24 minutes, 50 seconds. After the match, the bloodline went to the stage. Reigns drops to his knees, sold his jaw. He yells something about not wanting to see Logan again. Heyman gushed over Reigns being the tribal chief. Reigns turns, yells to the crowd, and he's selling the jaw pain as we get all the fireworks, essentially using the Cody Rhodes um, firework budget for this ending and closing shot. And that's how the show ends. Now, Greg, love the match. But yeah. how do you feel of the fact that it took all of this, all the outside interference, all the distractions, you know, all the Superman punches, all the spears to beat a non-wrestler? I mean, th this goes back to the nitpicking part, right? I, you know, we've seen Roman Reigns do less with a lot less. Um, you know, Logan Paul is, is special. He's different. He's not a traditional superstar. So, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm okay for this, for that. But I guess we'll have to, you know, my, my biggest question when it comes to WWE and Roman Reigns is what's next, right? What do we have? Who do we have left? And where do we see um, Roman Reigns go? I mean, we have to presumably build to Rock and Reigns now at at WrestleMania, assuming that's going to go ahead. And if it's not, then what do you do? Because you you have no one left. Oh, well, it's Rock Reigns or Rock or it's Rock Reigns or Cody Reigns. Like it's I think those yeah. are the two obvious options for WrestleMania and Roman Reigns. Depends yeah. what route you want to go, right? Yeah, and, and, well, and it also depends availability, right? So if if you can get Rock, obviously you go that route, but is Cody going to be back and well enough by that point? You would presume so, but, I mean, you, you never know when it comes to some of these injuries and, and recovery time frames, so. 
That's exactly it. You just literally have no idea, right? Like, we haven't really gotten too many updates from Cody. Uh, we've gotten kind of minimal things, which mm-hmm. isn't isn't a bad thing, right? But no. uh, we'll see exactly what ends up happening. So I have to say that overall, I think that, uh, the, you know, it was a positive reaction on the Facebook group. Um, let us know in the podcast thread what you thought of the show um because i think that a lot of people were were quite surprised overall with the show um you know blaine said best crown jewel show of the year couple laughing emotes uh cesar silvera uh he says wow great show without a doubt that was the greatest crown jewel ple of all time again kind of a joe comment patrick kennedy said i will give logan credit that was a pretty good match uh let's see uh aaron uh nimick said wow what a main event okay for something i was not totally excited for the main event uh, delivered in a huge way i must say i'm a logan paul fan now so it is converting people it is converting yeah. people yeah um i i'm kind of curious you know what we're gonna see come friday night now with obviously Sami Zayn doesn't participate in these uh shows in saudi so do we get uh more dissension there with jay and jimmy that had to go to saudi and sammy didn't will they make some sort of plan that or not yeah that's exactly it right like there's there, there's a lot of open questions like like i said a lot of this pay-per-view could have ended a lot of feuds and the 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 overlaying question then is what is next for a lot of these people what's next for drew mcintyre what's next for roman reigns lashley lesnar damage control bianca bailey every single match could have had a definitive end to their program yeah, yeah. And then the other thing, and as we kind of said to said it last night on this, uh, you know, on the Smack Daddy's podcast, you know, there was concern, there was real concern that there may have been military action between Iran tonight and Saudi Arabia. And, you know, would this show even get off the ground? Would they have to stop the show partway through? I mean, I, I don't see any other way to, to call the show but a complete and utter success. I think that's a perfect way to end things. Uh, this show, again, thumbs up from the both of us. Seems to be getting a lot of thumbs up from the Facebook group. Let us know what you think on the Facebook podcast thread. Always love to hear from everyone. Uh, Greg, thank you for filling in. Uh, always a pleasure to do a podcast. I think this is actually our. This might actually be our first podcast together. It is, except, you know, when WWE has a Black Friday and we just have you join ours. Yeah. So, yeah, but you and me, you know, one-on-one, yeah, that's the first time, man. There you go. There's still some first here in SNME. All right. So, again, thank you for listening. If you're listening to us from the free feed and you want to hear all of the shows that we have, go to patreon.com slash SNME. That is the way to get things like the flagship show earlier uh, and extended all of our interviews, every single show, including our Raw review, SmackDown review, a Dynamite review, Rampage review. We even have an NXT review. And then Matt and I do a catch-all where we talk about basically everything else in the wrestling world. MLW, New Japan, Impact, Stardom. If it's happening in the wrestling world, chances are 
We'll try to get it in our radar, and if it's you know big enough, important enough, we'll talk about it. Um, so you know you can catch. We have one wrestling show each and every day. We even have monthly specials, including Dark Side of the Elites, AEWTF, where they kind of a rev- uh, give a recap of the previous months, AEW, everything, whether it be Rampage, Dynamite, uh, being the elite. All the vlogs, they do a great job of recapping everything. We've also introduced a new show we call The Table. It's going to be, a, a, you know, a special. There's no set schedule, but it's essentially roundtables hosted by various of the SNME hosts and having different panelists with different topics of discussion. So you can get all that for just $5 at patreon.com slash SNME radio. You know, so again, thank you for listening. He's Greg. I'm Boris. Stay tranquilo. He's so crazy. I am lazy. Not gonna change me.